Hello and welcome to this edition of the Modern Times Podcast. John Guzan and Karen Weil. Hi, Karen. Hello, John. And almost a happy Fourth of July holiday weekend to you. How are you? How, uh, you got any big plans? Well, I do. I that is my birthday, and oh, you know uh, how horrible of me to forget. <laughs> it's perfectly fine. <laughs> uh, more importantly, it's the nation's birthday. Two hundred and forty-one year old. I am nowhere near that age, thankfully. Yeah, and uh, as in, you know, for all of our listeners today, we're going to do a special five points, and we're going to do five points on the Declaration of Independence and July Fourth. Um, and I can say, uh, you know, you just kind of said that it was the celebration of our of our of our country, but we know that they also celebrate the the Constitution is really being when um, when when the United States was actually formed, right? I mean, correct, technically. Yeah, I know it's 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 very confusing for a lot of folks who, who either don't follow it or don't realize. You know, I even think a lot of people who just um, uh, might not even know that the Declaration of Independence is not, um, you know, kind of hasn't been adopted as anything that really has to do with the United States of America. Um, it's just kind of what started and, and justified the war, and then we kind of figured out our our our, our government later. But that's a whole nother podcast, don't you think? I totally agree. I mean, you can, like you said, they're just our country's history is so fascinating, and uh, you know, you could spend uh, many, many hours discussing you know, it from its beginnings to where we are now. Okay, so in our tradition of the way we kind of do these five points podcasts, I'm going to give the rundown of what our five points are going to be, and then we'll spend uh, five to ten minutes probably talking about each one of them, so stay with us, or fast forward on your uh, podcast, favorite podcast device, if you want to jump to one, although we don't suggest that, you should probably listen to them all, right, Karen? I fully concur with that. (laughs) Okay, five point number one. Number one of, the, of our five points, the writers of the Declaration and the founders of the Republic actually thought July 2nd would be the date memorialized in the future. Number two, wow. um, it is perhaps the most influential political or maybe any document of any kind of all time. Number three, there were a few things that many thought were kind of hypocritical at the time and for probably decades later. Um, number four, um, what the Declaration means to our current modern times. And number five... Uh, July 4th through history. It's not only known for the Declaration. So let's jump right back to number one. Uh, the writers of the Declaration and founders of the Republic thought July 2nd would actually be the date memorialized in the future. Um, and there was a, uh, it's 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 the famous um, um, declaration, or a uh, declaration, I probably shouldn't say that, but the famous letter that John Adams wrote to his wife, Abigail, saying the second day of July, 1776, will be the most memorable epoch in the history of America. Not, <laughs> not really. <laughs> um, well, they, I think they were off by two days. Right. We well know those of us who paid any attention, uh, either in elementary school or <laughs> paid attention in our history classes later, uh, know how things unfolded, and because the Declaration of Independence was approved on the floor, I mean, technically, that's the day they formally said, yeah, we're done with England, we're done with the king. Yeah, that was the day, yeah, July 2nd, I guess they actually took the voice vote or whatever, um, and, and, 
and decided that they were going to, you know, it was basically passed the uh, the uh, uh, Continental Congress um, passed the resolution and that they adopted the declaration. Um, then they wrote it down on the piece of paper that announced it said July 4th, and that became what was known as the day, actually signed on August 2nd. Um, do you think it really makes any different or it kind of uh, shows? Yes. Yeah. Oh, no. I... Go ahead. Well, just because, yes, the day they, again, it's the day, but the fourth was the day that they approved it, so it made it official, and it put everybody on notice. Um, this, of course, we're talking 200 and something years ago. Uh, yeah, we, that was a world, there were no telephones. There was no radio. There was nothing other than the printed word, of course, and people on books back to carry it sometimes. Um, so you can, I can only imagine not having lived then, that you, unless one's in a big city like Philadelphia or Boston, uh, uh, you know, or Charlestown, that it took time to travel to people living in the colony, uh, all 13 of them. Maybe I, you know, I'm, I'm just thinking, and, and I think just many historians would also agree, if I can go out and know, that this took probably several days or more to reach many citizenry. Um, so they just kind of book in our what we're looking today, where we look in news of something in a, in a second, in a tweet, or somebody's you know, some news pops up on your cell phone, right? Um, or your email, Facebook, what have you. Um, that, that's just astonishing to me now in terms of how news travels. But think about it back, back then, you're somebody living in rural Virginia, you may not have known this unless, uh, you know there was enough chaos or, or noise in your own community. You wouldn't, wouldn't have learned this until some time later. Yeah, and, um, you know, and today. Yeah, and, 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 and to kind of also restate the history on our, on our five point is that um, it was July 2nd that South Carolina finally reversed its position and voted for independence. Um, but then right. it, it, it took a couple days and they changed the declaration. So the declaration was actually like we talked about, approved on July 4th, the declaration itself. Um, but, but, but independence was approved on July 2nd. So it's not necessarily that the, the declaration of independence was approved on July 2nd. Um, the declaration was approved on July 4th, signed on August 2nd. Um, that famous picture that I think sits in the Capitol Rotunda, um, or the famous painting, I guess I shouldn't say picture, um, of them all signing it was not done on July 4th either. That was the, probably right. the, the August 2nd thing, even though they probably all didn't come together. Um, but still, um, you know, it, I, you know, it kind of also, I think, plays back to what happens um, politically and what we forget over time. And, and then that things do change and things don't happen right away. I mean, I, I even don't, don't, you know, don't think that they all happen, you know, right away now. I mean, we always have um, you know, Congress passes something and then the president signs it at a certain period of time after that. It's some, a lot of times things don't happen on specific days. Um, but, you know, you need, you know, it was a monumental uh, document that needed a day, I think, you know, something in history classes. Um, one of the other things I think you see when you kind of look at the Declaration of Independence is that people kind of forgot it for, for 20, 40 years afterwards. It wasn't until 1820s um, where there was a renewed call to say, hey, look what really was done at that time and it really was groundbreaking and we should take and you know hold this up as a great example of why the united states is such a you know uh, 
a, a beacon on the hill, I guess, uh, before that was probably even coined, but it's that same kind of feeling. Uh, it doesn't diminish it to you at all, though, right? No, not, not I think, to the overwhelming majority of Americans. I, I would say no. Um, it's still the official day in terms of how this all came to be. Um, we, you know, I spoke with somebody, although we, we have somebody in the White House now who, you know, I doubt would even try it, but if he decided to make it July 2nd, maybe even his base would turn on him. <laughs> People are... <laughs> For valid reasons, wedded to the 4th of July as our, our nation's birthday. But most of us know there was a much longer story behind it. And many other important, maybe more important per se, symbolically, but important dates of, you know, the founding fathers uh, taking the steps to create a new nation. So, but I, you know, tradition and history being what they are, you know, they tend to can, they can fit can contradict each other. But I, I think in this it's just a tradition means it means something, and it it has it has significance. Yeah, it's it's you know it's even one of those federal holidays that you find out a lot of times it it hasn't lost its luster, whereas you know you talk about right. Memorial Day and Veterans Day and. Um, right. and, and Armed Forces right. Services Day, you know, they all get lost. I, you know, you know that in Memorial Day now, I mean, I'm a big baseball fan. In almost every baseball game you'll you'll see on Memorial Day, they're 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 celebrating current soldiers. And although I, you know, you know, tip my hat to all of them, that's not what Memorial Day is for. It's really it for it's really for those it who've been not. lost. And even Veterans Day is not about current serving soldiers. It's about the veterans who had served. Um, and Armed Forces um, Day. Um, is about current soldiers and and you know it does seem like at least fourth of july has never lost its purpose and i you know you at least you got to tip your hat to that bit i think um how it's kind of stayed on task to say that you know i guess well maybe it hasn't when when you talk about it being um america's birthday when we know that it really isn't i guess more um it's the day that the constitution was signed but or at least the United States' birthday, but I guess it was the day that we, um, you know, that we see it as like that, and I think it's our day of patriotism and our day to kind of celebrate the fact that 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 we will declare that that we have certain rights and that the people won't give them up. Um, um, the only country to never be under really a uh, totalitarian dictatorship, um, mm-hmm. as far as I can remember, I mean, you know, besides Canada. Um, you know, after they got rid of the crown, um, those two countries are the only two that I can think of off the top of my head that haven't had some sort of uh, other dictator ruling over it. Um, and so I guess that's something to be proud of. I would say so. Let's move to point two. Um, it, it is perhaps the most influential political or maybe document of any kind of all time. I'll let you have that one first. No, I I, I, I... I think I absolutely agree. Not simply because of what the Constitution, what it grants, uh, well, the Declaration, I'm sorry. Uh, in it, the message that it sent to the world, but the type of it has given other countries, ones who have thrown off the status of a, a tyrant, emerge from or, or fascism, uh, or, you know, breaking away from a colonial power to, you know, inspire the leaders of that new nation and, and work as a blueprint 
in terms of, of what does it mean for us going forward, what kind of rights are we going to grant people, what kind of country are we going to be a monarchy, or which of course they wouldn't be, but are they going to be a parliamentary democracy, right. uh, or a republic based on democratic principles. That's, yeah, you, you just can't overstate the Declaration of Independence importance. It's it's just really its own life force, as the Constitution is. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think, you know, all historians kind of tell you there's the Magna Carta, right? And then there's the Declaration of yeah. Independence. And what those two documents did um, for for regular people um, can't be can't be denied. Um, and it's really the statement, don't you think it's it's that, that yeah. you know, the statement of we hold these truths to be self evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by the creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I mean, that statement alone has been, you know, maybe maybe changed a word or two here, but if you really want to, you know, if Jefferson wanted to kind of do the plagiarism charge um, and cared, and there was a lot of constitutions written in a lot of different places that kind of took that same idea. And, uh, you know, Jefferson even, you know, directly gave some of those ideas to Lafayette um, when, um, when, the, when, uh, when the French Revolution was going on. Um, I guess even in, in the, uh, the Russian Empire, when it brought down um, uh, Tsar Nicholas, um, uh, there was all, most of the islands in the Caribbean, um, in, 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 in Spanish America, the Balkans, West Africa, Central Europe, um, up through 1850s, they were they were using the Declaration of Independence as a model, and that's one of those things that you know we talk about the shining light, um, and it's one of those things that I think that 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 why the Declaration, why the United States became that leader, um, was from some of this. It was you know, we were really the first modern functional republic, and then we exported these ideas everywhere, and you know by the end. Of, of the 1800s, uh, mid-1900s, pretty much every uh, established, credible country um, was going towards some of these ideals. And, of course, we had the rise of totalitarianism in the 20s and 30s that kind of you know, set all that back. But it came, went right back on the same path after that. Um, and, um, you know, it's just kind of amazing. I mean, wouldn't you think? I mean, do, you know... I, do you feel that same way that it that it really kind of intellectually broke some of those barriers that the Magna Carta didn't? Yes, I, I agree because this, you said this better than I could. It just spelled out what what would be granted to people, what they could expect, and the Magna Carta didn't. Um, and I, I can't say it better than you did. It, I, I, you know, it, it remains just an astonishingly important document. And I, the life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness, it doesn't get any more basic for a human on Earth, correct? No, oh, yeah. be living. Number well, two, to be people about your business every day, go where you'd like, say what you like, do what you like, so long as you are not harming other people or animals or, you know, committing any crime. Right. <clears throat> of course, pursue, pursue your dreams, be they to start a business or to be an entertainer or run a newspaper. Or to marry who you'd like, right? <laughs> yes. Marry who you'd like to live your life, you know, as you, you know, as a free citizen. Um, we, of course, have many debates over what that means for certain people. Uh, we just had a travel ban go through that seems to inordinately 
be unfair to people from certain countries. So, you know, we're still having debates about how, how much freedom certain people should have. And, you know, that's, that's not the end, no matter what may happen with our current, you know, presidential situation or situation in Congress. That's, that's been a long-standing debate. Well, let's let's kind of you know I think that, that that might be a good segue into number three, um, which is there were a few things there were a few things that many people thought were hypocritical at the time, and and I I'd start that out with the same thing we talked about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and that's basically what this country has been arguing over ever since that time. You know what what determines life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and what that means to other people. You know we talk about it the EPA, um, same-sex marriage, um, all kinds of things where people say, well, my pursuit of happiness and my liberty means I can flood this this land, um, you know, with toxic chemicals. Um, and then people say, well, then it stops somebody else's pursuit of happiness. But further, um, even at the time, there was things that we already know that were hypocritical when it started that were seemed to be obvious um, um, uh, dichotomies. Um, and, and that, that, that were able to be worked out earlier. Now, we know that it's always being worked out. It seems like even though the Declaration of Independence is not a functioning document to defend anything that the United States government does now, we still have that feeling. And, and I really think that all the way from the Supreme Court down, the Declaration of Independence and its, and its push for life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness stretches over to some of these legal arguments and what we're doing. Um, but there's a few that 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 for for point number three we want to talk about that at that time, um, all men are created equal, um, and a lot of a lot of women's rights people and people that were just you know anybody who just kind of cared about the fact that that women were second class citizens at the time said well what about women, um, and the other thing I think we want to talk about is um, how can you have a pursuit of happiness or liberty when you're a slave. And those were the two biggest issues I think that were talked about in the hundred years after the after the Declaration of Independence was written. That said, here's two huge groups, um, slaves and women, that are being sidelined um, by this document, um, and it really kind of shaped the political discourse for, like I said, the next hundred years. You had a war in 1860, uh, 1861 that, that that started this whole slavery um, idea. And then over the next 40 years, you had uh, um, women's suffrage. So, um, you know, and that really kind of dominated a lot of the political scene, even though people don't really think about it between 1870 and, and, and 1910. Um, we know that Jefferson was a slaveholder, but he still, in his first few drafts, he cared about um, kind of addressing the, um, you know, what he kind of thought was a scourge of slavery at the time. And we know how he really felt that he inherited slaves, but he was a slave owner. Um, you know, wasn't one of those guys that you would see in one of those, you know, horrible slave movies um, from the 70s or something like that. But um, the idea that, that, that really, it was kind of, it took, the secondary idea was that women were going to be that weren't recognized. They couldn't own land. They couldn't vote. They couldn't do a lot of things. They couldn't run for office. Um, and that was almost, you know, secondary where I would think that, you know, I mean, I don't know. How do you feel about that? Uh, and, 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 and what was left out? You, you've spelled out very well what was the struggle of that time. Um, 
Look, I, I, I want to show, oh, I don't know if there are any fans of it listening, called Turn Washington Spies on AMC. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it. About, of course, the Revolutionary War, period. Right. And it's based on the book. Now, I'm going to blank out, and I can't name the author, but it is based on historical writings. And it's interesting because there are some several very lead female characters in the show who were working with the rebels, then called, to help get the British out. And they and these women are pretty feisty and strong and uh, don't take much crap from anybody. Um, we don't see Betsy Ross pop up here because uh, it's not a story about her. Although, again, we have people like George Washington right. who are playing a major role because it is about his, you know, right. the, the, the Continental Army that he was running. Um, but it, it's interesting to watch this, of course, see these women working as much as they can given the social constraints on them to play an important role, which more women than we realized did. Not just Betsy Ross or Martha, Martha Washington. There were many other females in their own little way who helped to chase the British out. Um, and but, you know, we all know there's that cultural lag between what ideals are stated by a society and when they actually come true. That women should have equal rights with men and are not property that African-Americans should, that Hispanics, that Native Americans should. At this time, you know, this was a nation where it was developing with, you know, hundreds of different Native tribes who were there first <laughs> for, you know, thousands of years yeah, before. Yeah. We all know what happened after that, and it's not a particularly pretty picture. Um, so, and it's just interesting today, of course, because obviously... I'll use this terrible cliche, you've come a long way, baby, and, and certainly women <laughs> have in this country, but I hate to bring them up, but we have a person in the White House now who's, by all accounts, I, I'm a misogynist. I, I, I mean, it's astonishing to me. Donald Trump is a sexist pig. There's little other way to say it. Even if he has some in his cabinet, that's nice, but uh, they're certainly not interested in protecting women's reproductive rights or other basic things that have been fought for and achieved. Um, and, of course, you know, you had the counteraction, you know, action to the feminist movement, starting with Phyllis Schlafly and some others in the late 1970s. Um, and, and, of course, we now have, and, you know, we may be talking about this, but, you know, I'm sure you've been following this the news today, and some of our listeners have, that Chris Kobach has been trying to get information <laughs> from all the states on their voter rolls, which... Right. Critics was little more than a voting suppression tactic. And to those states' credits, including more than a few red ones, are saying, no, we're not giving you this. Um, so this, you know, this goes into the right that makes, to make sure everyone has the right to vote. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think that there's a no doubt, and I say this to some of the, both good and the, the not so good in the men who first started this country. Right. They did aspire to higher ideals yeah. but that may not and it didn't at the time include women or uh, black people or anyone else um, and that's just that's where we were in the 1700s thankfully we no longer are there although yeah the struggle continues yeah yeah and you know I mean I, I yeah you know and I can't agree with you more I think you know like you had just mentioned the the idea that ideals were set out and um, it allowed, I, you know, it had never been done before that people even wrote down all men are created equal 
um, and it was passed by a group of folks that, that were running a country um, and that you, you have the right of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I mean, that was so um, revolutionary in its scope and in its perception that it inevitably led to the freedom of slaves and it inevitably and not just slavery i mean we talk about that specifically but it also was you know uh uh the chinese would come here they couldn't do that they didn't have any rights either eventually it led to the freedom of anyone else that wanted to 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 make a life here and i don't think that can be understated and and and, and the same thing about 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 women i mean eventually it was going to be worked out because those ideals will set there. I mean, you can't have, um, you know, life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness when you say, well, you can't own property, and where's your husband? Um, you know, um, right. you know, eventually that's going to get worked out. And I think that that's some of the th- reasons why, you know, and if you hear, um, you know, some of the other writings that Jefferson and others had done, they knew what they had set loose intellectually. And, and that it, you right. know, I, I, I think it, 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 they did have, the notion that time would be on their side with these ideas. And if, once you got them out there and you made them so um, easily disseminated and absorbed that it was going to really kind of change the world, and it did. Um, segueing to number four, our fourth point, what the Declaration means to our current modern times, and we had sort of talked about that. Um, you know, you had kind of mentioned Donald Trump, and there's a lot of talk um about you know about secession um some other things i mean we know that there's impeachment there's a uh, impeachment march on july 2nd right which is yeah, um, on sunday Floyd. yeah you want to yeah go ahead no no, no. Uh, i want you to go ahead there are several going on uh, here just in the san diego area and i'm sure in many other big cities or even bones more inland in california uh, I don't know about Phoenix. I know, given that you know, it's hotter than hell there. That's right. <laughs> you know, I'm not, and I can't blame people when you show up and be out in that for several hours because it's dangerous, uh, or it can be. Um, so there's there's a march going on um, because obviously the Russia Gate issue is not going away, and there, you know, we're not going to get into this too much. There have been some new developments, uh, specifically around Mike Flynn that. Again, are not they're just not helping Donald Trump very much, and um, it's just a general, you know, opposition and resentment and dislike of this man. I think all of this, yeah, doesn't mean that that leads to somebody being impeached. There has to be valid reasons for that, uh, and of course, certainly given the congressional makeup, that is impossible uh, at this point. But you have a public that generally does not support Trump. And it's calling to be held accountable. Um, we'll see how many people turn out for it. I, you know, I don't make any predictions. I, I don't think it might might bring out more people than the June March for Truth. Uh, and sir, but it's certainly I can't see it bringing out as many people as the Women's March. Um, but uh, that's Sunday, and we'll we'll just have to see. The, my only main comment is I cannot recall in my lifetime. And I don't know if you can or what listeners may think, but I can't recall ever this kind of opposition and resistance to a president. Uh, not even when George W. Bush came into office after a highly controversial Supreme Court decision. Yes, people were upset for a while, but by February, March 2001, I think the nation just went about its business. Uh, and 
there was just general acceptance, if not necessarily Happiness. approval <laughs> right. of the 43rd president. Um, that's, you know, there weren't all these mass demonstrations, but we keep seeing them happening. And that, you know, that's just to me is unprecedented to use the word that. Yeah, uh, you know, I, did, I never. I, I never thought I'd, 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 I'd say this, but, you know, you have to say that, uh, you know, uh, George W. Bush looks like a pretty decent president compared to uh, Donald Thank Trump, you. so. He's a decent man who knew how to conduct himself. He's a good husband and father. Uh, obviously, I think the nostalgic history tends to do that. We saw Bill Clinton who left the office having, you know, a perfect lost second term and had to really work hard to kind of rebuild his reputation. Uh, and, of course, given when Bush started really stumbling, you saw the I Miss Bill stickers and T-shirts and this sudden nostalgia for, hey, wait a minute, I one dog, but you know what? He did a pretty good job of winning the country. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's the flippant attitude about it because there's far more to it than that. Uh, you see nostalgia for George Herbert Walker Bush especially, uh, as a very moderate Republican overall, um, who is, you know, of course, Jimmy Carter's own record, which had its share of failures, but has gotten a, 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 real, a second look. Um, I, again, I, you know, Trump is just the, the bottom of the barrel, and compared to him, anybody looks pretty good, even Richard Nixon, who, unlike Trump, was a brilliant <laughs> man um, and had some genuinely good achievements under his belt. However, his paranoia and criminal behavior uh, erased a lot of that. That's, but that's just, again, that's, that's history, that's politics, that's perception. So we'll see what happens on Sunday. I, I don't think you're going to see 10 million people coming out for it. No, um, no, no. And, you know, to, you yeah. know, to throw out to Nixon, to the EPA, uh, how, how, you know, has to be one of the favorite things that, that, that oh, he did. Um, Nixon, you Nixon meant- was in many respects. But, again, not a particularly nice person and somebody whose ego and paranoia got the best of them. Sound familiar? <laughs> um, we do have a impeachment march here in Phoenix, and we have it okay. in our we have it in our consciousness calendar this week. Um, by the way, yeah. um, U.S. Resistance Action in Solidarity with the impeachment march is it uh, starts at nine a.m. Um, it'll be one hundred and fourteen at two, so make sure you get there um, early. Um, but it's a Phoenix Civic Space Park, four two four North Central Avenue. Um, Let's see, the last little bit I think that we didn't, I don't know if we talked about it, but, um, you know, people talking about secession, um, you know, people say that you can declare um, you, uh, your independence from the federal government. We know that the South tried that in uh, the 1860s, didn't work very well. It'd probably be even no, harder. Um, it would probably, it would, you know, it would probably be even harder today, I think, um, with with all the interconnectedness that we have, um, highways, roads, um, you know, a lot of different things that are that 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 that, that make it difficult. But even if you did, um, you know, the South, uh, uh, South Carolina basically stole from the Declaration of Independence wholeheartedly. Lincoln really didn't give a crap. Um and, and so that's basically what the Civil War set a precedence for, that maybe we'll never see another Declaration of Independence. Um, you know, and, you know, I think it's that it's that dichotomy, too, that where we celebrate this thing and then basically what our country that followed that, you know, that that created the Constitution in 1789 and what has followed after that has basically made it so that 
we would have to fight another war to have independence. Um, it's kind of an irony. Um, and, you know, I just, you know, I think that could be a podcast or a, or a book all on its own. But it's, it, it is rather ironic, I think, that um, another declaration would is not just easily done. Um, and if it wasn't for the lives that, that spent keeping the British out, it would be the same thing today. You can't just, the Declaration of Independence did not set a precedent that you could just declare your independence and secede and make things happen. Um, it actually made it so that you would have to even go through probably a, more uh, bloodshed in order to have any sort of independence moving forward, unless the whole society fell. Well, I, you know, talk and I, I, I just don't know how seriously it can be taken. But, and of course, when Obama was president, there was a secession movement happening in Texas. Even the then governor, Rick Perry, had made some noise about it. It went nowhere. Uh, because obviously enough Texans are smart enough to realize that they just can't do that, and it would be economically ruinous for starters. Um, I, I, you know, there are talk, talks of a cattle exit that California would receive from the union, and there may be people who are serious about it, and I think, again, given the general opposition and disgust with Donald Trump, to some degree it may be understandable. Um, but there are laws in place. There are numerous uh, types of procedures that would make it nearly impossible. But I, I will say, I think the longer Trump stays in office, and if we see more outrages and more just chaos coming from this administration, there will be people, and I think not only in California, but in other blue states making noise about it's time to just set some limits here. Uh, how far that would really get, I am extraordinarily skeptical. But again, we just, we're just we in a national mood right now of resisting, of of saying no, uh, just of general dismay over what's going on uh, with the president and the Congress, and all of those things, while understandable, I, I think if there's not some organization around them, plus action at the end of the day, I tell people, if you want a revolution, the way to do that is to vote. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and they're called voting. Okay. It's called using your, your, right, your right as an American speak your mind to a simple means at the ballot box. Excuse me for talking over No, 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 you're not at all. And I think that also is one of the big things that I think separates the times of 1776 which with the times of 2017. And that is that they were being, you know, one of the biggest things that, that they were um, uh, railing against was, um, you know, taxation without representation, where the colonists didn't have the ability to vote their own people in. And yes, there was a constant continental congress there was these individual states but they didn't have the power to do things it was parliament in england that was deciding these things and so we do like you said we have the power still of the ballot box and if people you know we're all into this social compact together and and, and we have the ability to affect it and as long as there's not voter suppression or any other kind of vote rigging we have the ability to go there and to change the way that it's done. And if, you know, majority rules and if if one side loses, you have to accept the fact of the other. And I think that is one of the biggest differences between the Declaration of Independence and what we have now. We have that republic right um, in order to, to vote in our representatives, and they didn't. Right. It's, it's, it's a powerful thing. Voting, as I said before on this show, and you know, my mother told me from an early age, when you don't vote, you seize your power to someone else. And that, that, that was 
And so when I registered to vote at 18, I felt like I actually have a snap on my country's what now. I realized that that's a little bit of starry-eyed idealism at that age, but oh, that's what it felt like to me. And I still do believe that in spite of the sometimes terrible things that have happened in our country. Um, voting is power. And it just says knowledge is. And it, it's just a lesson for, you know, all Americans to remember as we go into the next year's election, uh, as we contemplate what's happening now. All right, let's go to our last of our five points. Um, July 4th through history. Um, I think the most coolest thing, I think, uh, you know, in a way, I mean, we're talking about the death of two people, but, uh, you know, I don't, yeah, I don't know how cool that is, but um, uh, we all know we have to go at some point in time, and they were both not, they, you know, they were, Exactly. Um, you know, they weren't young men e- either, but John uh, Adams no. and Thomas Jefferson, um, uh, two men probably the most uh, that should get the most credit for the Declaration of Independence, what it said, that it got passed, um, and, right. and, and, and what's impact was they both then died July 4th, 1826, exactly 50 years after the adoption of Jefferson's work. Um, and, you know, some people thought of it as a sign of American divinity. Um, there's also been some talk that maybe, um, you know, Adams died on the 2nd and Jefferson died on the 6th. And like you said, it was kind of, you know, hard to get information. And so they just both just made it, you know, uh, at, at, at the time in 1826, they just kind of said, yeah, it was on, you know, uh, July 4th. Um, either way, <laughs> that... Our friends in the afterlife. So, yeah. but a very uh, cool you know, thing, don't both, you think? You know, I, well, I agree with you about both and the incredible role they played in our nation's founding. And of course, I'm sure you watched the John Adams miniseries back in 2008, as I did, uh, which is, was just an incredible uh, dramatic interpretation of based on the David McCullough book, right? Uh, of, life and why he mattered so much and Paul Giamatti and Laura Lee just did incredible uh, gave incredible performances as John and Mrs. Adams respectively and sorry for jumping in on that I just want to say that I tell people you want to learn about who John Adams was you don't want to read the book watch the HBO miniseries because you'll learn a lot not only about him but our nation and and Jefferson you know what you know, and as the father of a 10-year-old, I want to throw out that I've specifically recorded the, the uh, 1970s musical 1776 to, yeah, show, that's a fun one. Yeah. <laughs> to show to my son uh, this week uh, so that he could, he could maybe learn a little bit more about, about what went on, but also not be bored to tears and saying, can't I just watch that's Power Rangers? Uh, but it's got it's fun stuff, historical lessons in it, and it's just... Uh... Great 70s vibe, obviously, uh, even though it doesn't take place in that year. So, yeah, but you know, uh, you know, a very neat date, I think. You know, 1826 um, was, you know, it's kind of neat that that happened. Um, we have another date yeah. in history on July 4th that was that also happened at the same time. Um, but the first one, I think, that we, you know, kind of talk about that at least played to our country, um, if, if not the world as well, 1802. Um, the West Point United States Military Academy opened. Um, and yeah. then we had the 1826, which is uh, Adams and Jefferson both dying on the same day, 50 mm-hmm. years after. Um, and then we go into um, the 20th century. Um, on July 4th, 1918, uh, the Bolsheviks killed Tsar Nicholas II of Russia. 
and his family. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was still, you know, I guess I guess they can call that their Independence Day too. So maybe us and Russia, maybe maybe Trump and Putin will have something to share uh, when they meet at the G20 oh, here coming I'm up. I'm not sure they will. <laughs> um, 1939, um, you know, something that I always think is, uh, you know, it's one of the first things that really got me um, um, from a public figure. Obviously, I wasn't alive at the time, but when I but I read about it later, um, Lou Gehrig doing his luckiest man on the face of the earth speech. Yeah. Um, which kind of transcends yeah. life. I think it makes you realize, I mean, you know, it's not just a baseball thing. It's one of those things where he was the one of the best players ever. Um, and, right. and, and he was like, you know, making the fans feel better when he was going to die. Um, and he was talking uh, about Howard, how he was. Yeah. And, 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 and really, you know, focusing on his life, uh, and how lucky he was, even though, you know, like he said, I've been given a bad break. Um, you know, and, uh, no. you know, one of those times it kind of really reflects the human spirit and the American spirit, I think to the, to, to, to its finest, um, that, you know, and, and he really gave that, that's not, that's not press relations. Um, <laughs> anyway, and, um, okay. Moving forward, 1966, one that I know us journalists really love, uh, Lyndon Johnson signed the freedom of information act in 1966, uh, July 4th. Um, Big for us, big for America, really, um, don't you think? I mean, with... Without a doubt. Um, basically, it allowed for the first time Americans to find out about what their government was doing. And there have been so many vital freedom of information act uh, requests that led to astonishing discoveries, sometimes not very good ones, uh, about the United States government. Uh, and it gives the average personality, because they have to pay sometimes, but... But it gives the average person a way to hold the government accountable, not just at the ballot box, but by saying, I want this information about what happened with this particular, what may be, maybe it was a policy, maybe it was, you know, the U.S. government's actions in other countries. We all know, I believe, it was a FOIA that got information finally that the United States had acknowledged it played a role in the coup in Iran in 1950s. Right, right, right. Just uh, so many other things, and sometimes good things too. But it it, it was a vital, important uh, act that Johnson signed. um, uh, And and one of the things, one of the the true high points of his presidency, which is forever tainted and for good reason by his, you know, reckless decisions on Vietnam. Karen, July fourth, very cool. I think we've done a great five points on the on the fourth of July. Uh, well, you have especially. I don't know about me, but it's, what? it's day to celebrate America. It's you know, let's. I tell people, you know, we've got a lot going on in our nation, and it's exhaustive right now, and it's insane. And but you know, it's it's, it's important we remember this country's birthday and and the document behind it, and why it keeps inspiring us even against sometimes the most difficult of odds. Mm-hmm. And and to cherish those freedoms we have and to stay vigilant about them, um, those are all incredibly important virtues and, and and actions to take. And that's what I'm you know keeping with me on that day. Well, happy Fourth of July um, to you, Karen, and to everyone else. Yes, sir. everybody out there, have a great Independence Day. Enjoy it and stay cool and 
And don't and, uh, hold any fireworks in your hands. Watch turn. Yeah, right. Want some good, uh, good, uh, good patriotic inspiration, or uh, type of entertainment where you learn something too. We will be back on uh, July eighteenth, uh, I think, with our next podcast. We're going to take the week after the Fourth of July off. Where the magazine's kind of taking a little break, um, so we can do some, um, you know, some joint vacations all at the same time. Um, and so we will see you guys in two weeks. Appreciate everything. Happy 4th of July. And again, um, as I just mentioned earlier, make sure you throw those fireworks. Um, Don't let them... (laughs) Stay safe. Don't drink and drive. Do all those things that you shouldn't be doing on 4th of July. Um, And we'll see you later in July. Thanks again, Karen. Thank you, and thank you, everybody out there. Bye now. Bye.